Tis the law on the outside of Authentic. These two stride for stride as they come to the final furlong. Authentic is dragging in. Tis the law all up to get by him. Authentic and John Velasquez have the lead as they come down to the 16th ball. Tis the law still trying to get him. Authentic. Tis the law. Here's the wire. Authentic has won the Kentucky Derby. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, my man? What is up, man? We're, we've we've made it past the Derby, and it's time to get on to uh, Breeders' Cup season? Preakness season? What exactly? <laughs> well, the way uh, we have a lot to talk about uh, with the Derby and the, o- the Oaks being over. Uh, didn't happen exactly as expected. Uh, and, of course, as we lead into the Preakness, that all of a sudden... Even though we're not going to have a triple crown on the line, it does seem like we might have some interesting storylines going into the Preakness. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, I kind of automatically shift to the Breeders' Cup because, after all, the, the Preakness is a Breeders' Cup uh, winning your end for the Classic now. Uh, so I think we are officially in Breeders' Cup season. Yeah, I think so. And you're right. The Preakness now being a, a prep for the uh, Classic. So, yeah, it's definitely Breeders' Cup season for sure, right? But listen, we got a lot of, of racing to talk about uh, coming up this week or, you know, coming up on Saturday at Kentucky Downs at Woodvines. So we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. And we got to recap what happened last week for sure. Plus, there's something else going on uh, today that uh, you might want to talk about a little bit at the, at the start. So it's a busy show, and we, we've got to jam it into to an hour. We're not going past 7 o'clock tonight. So Listen, we're starting at 6. It's 6 Central. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, they, cu- they kick off like 7.20, and yeah, it's a hard stop at 7, guys. Um, I'm not messing around. The defending Super Bowl champions, let's get right into it. Best thing I saw today, it's got to be that the Chiefs are about to kick off. Uh, not just them, but the NFL season. We're back. It, it, sports, you know, we have the NBA, we got the NHL, everything's in full, you know, full effect right now, and the NFL kicking off. Uh, I, if you can't tell, I'm super pumped. Obviously, the first time in my life that we enter a season being defending Super Bowl champions. The Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs our champions of Super Bowl 54. It's hard to believe. It's really sad. It's bittersweet, actually, because I would have, I, I mean, I plan on being there. Um, mm-hmm. That was the plan to be there. Season opener, uh, Thursday Night Football definitely would be there. But, uh, you know, make do. And, yeah, so 
The Chiefs. That's, I mean, I, I'm wearing my Mahomes jersey for those that are on the live feed, of course. I had to decide between the white and the red. I went with the, the red tonight. Um, but, no, I am beyond excited. It's going to be a hell of a game, too. The, you know, the Houston, obviously, going back to that playoff game last year, and, I mean, they're they're a solid team. And Sean Watson and, of course, Mahomes are two of the younger stars of the league, for sure. Um, so it'll be a fun game to watch, but, uh, I mean, come on. Chiefs are going to win. I think it'll be interesting, This these early NFL games. You know, college, we're used to getting right into it. But the NFL, you know, you've had four or five preseason games, and now you have none, and now it's boom, you're right into playing. So I think that's going to be really interesting. How how sloppy will it be tonight in this first couple weeks of the season in general? I think that's going to be uh, kind of interesting to watch. But you're right. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say it's the best thing I've seen today as well is just the fact that the NFL is here, and it really doesn't feel like it should be here, but it is. And I think that's kind of uh, just the strangeness of this year. But, man, isn't it nice that we actually have real football to watch uh, tonight? So, yeah, I'm super pumped about that. Um, listen, I, I think I think tonight will be a very entertaining game. I mean, like you said, you said it best. you got two of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, well, you have the best, and then one of the best, <laughs> Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Deshaun. So anyway, it, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch. We'll see some fireworks for sure tonight. Uh, yeah, you can't. I mean, if you're not excited, uh, you know about a, a sport, and it also real people are going to be in the stands for this. How will that experiment go? I think that's going to be interesting to watch as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of things there to. One, it is going to be weird. Obviously, it takes away the home field advantage for any team, uh, especially at Arrowhead. Uh, then, of course, you kind of enter a new phase here. You know, the NFL obviously is not doing a bubble. Um, and so you kind of enter this next phase of, okay, teams are traveling. The Houston Texans came to Kansas City. They traveled. They stayed, you know what I mean? So now we're going to start enter this phase of, okay, how does, how does life in the league uh, work you know, once the season actually starts, because obviously all teams have been doing training camp. And you're right, it is weird with the NFL because normally it's like that first preseason game hits in August and you're mm-hmm. super pumped because NFL's back and then you don't really care for the next couple of weeks. You just kind of wait. It's like, okay, let's get through the preseason because I'm ready for the season. But now you're like, boom. So I do think you're going to have, it's going to be a little sloppy at times. I think you're going to have guys, uh, you know, other than like your, your main, you know, your beast kind of players like Mahomes and Tyreek and, Kelsey, you're going to have a lot of players that are in and out of the lineup and are kind of coming in and, you know, that aren't playing full snaps uh, on both sides of the ball, really, because, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of take some time to get, you know, to get used back in the grind of playing an actual game. So, um, but no, it's, you know, we did the draft last night and just, it felt, you're right, it felt weird. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel, it feels like football season should be here, but at the same time, it feels like it, we shouldn't be close. Um, it feels like it was a lifetime ago the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh, it really, I mean, truly does. Uh, it, 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 so it, it, it's it's weird, but, I mean, oh, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped for this game. I'm, I'm so pumped, to, you know, just to, to run it back. I mean, the Chiefs are going to be uh, going for uh, the repeat here. So that leads me to our annual – we usually do it the last, but we'll go ahead and get this out of the way because I know you guys listening are like, all right, Chiefs, all right. But, you know, season opener, you got to give me that. Um <laughs> What's your what's your Super Bowl prediction? Well, I tell you what, it, it's going to be the same as last year. I picked the Chiefs to beat the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Now, so I got the Chiefs right, so that's a good point. The Cowboys, not so much. 
I'm going to run it back. I'm going to go Chiefs first Cowboys again. I still have faith that the Cowboys have the players. I think the coaching change, while I don't really like McCarthy, I think a change will help. And I love C.D. Lamb. I think that's a big thing that the Cowboys have been missing. So I think he's going to help a lot. I like their defense. I think they get there. I don't think they could beat Kansas City. But uh, I, I'm going to pick the Cowboys to make it there once again. You know what's funny is we obviously did not talk about this at all. Um, and that is the exact matchup that yeah. I'm going with. Um, Unreal. Obviously going the Chiefs. Uh, but on the NFC side, I yeah, I'm with you. I think the Cowboys... They've underdelivered. They obviously got a ton of momentum with you know with Dak and and he played a good season last year. And of course, I you know you you know I love CD as well. So um, I think that was a huge draft pick. And I mean they they have it's like it, the struggle with them for years is just they've had all the pieces and they just can't put it together for one reason or another. And I I mean I think they're there. So in the NFC side, I mean what is it? The, you know the 49ers. Uh, I mean I don't feel great about Green Bay. Uh, I mean who. <laughs> Who the hell are you going to take out of the uh, NFC South? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I so I, I think you know. I, I'm with you. I, I like that. I like the Cowboys. So yeah, Cowboys, Chiefs, Super Bowl, Chiefs. The dynasty starts. It's it's weird to say, but it's like, who will beat them? You know, like. I, I don't know. How, I mean, I guess, you know, as long as they stay healthy, I guess what I'd say, I, I don't see how they don't at least make it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know. You talk about either. rookies, man. CD, the other one, the Chiefs running back, Clyde from LSU. That dude's yeah. a beast. He is going to ball out tonight. He's going to ball out all season. And that offense, I mean, Andy Reid makes, you know, shitty. I mean, he made Damian Williams. No offense. I like Damian Williams, but he made him yeah. look awesome. Just think yeah. what he would do with the first-round pick out of LSU, who, by the way, was one of the best SEC running backs we've seen in a very long time. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think he, I think he's going to be a beast. And so, yeah, I think that uh, it's going to make him very tough. Obviously, don't need any help on the, the passing game as well. So, um, all right. So, <laughs> we can make this, trust me, we can make this the whole podcast. But we also had a race called the Kentucky Derby run on Saturday and a little bit to talk about there. So, let's get to today's show. Today's show we're going to recap last weekend's Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Yokes, the upsets that happened at Churchill Downs. Then we're going to rep our selections for some of the stakes action at Woodbine and Kentucky Downs this weekend, including the Run Happy Turf Sprint, a Breeders' Cup winning your end challenge series event for the Turf Sprint. Let's go! Authentic takes them around the far turn. Tis the Laws making his move now. And here he comes right up alongside of Authentic. A long shot, Mr. Pink News, has made a big run up into third. And they're into the stretch. And it's Tis the Law on the outside of Authentic. These two stride for stride as they come to the final furlong. Authentic is dragging in. Tis the Law all out to get by him. Authentic and John Velasquez have the lead as they come down to the 16th ball. Tis the Law is still trying to get him. Authentic, tis the law, here's the wire, Authentic has won the Kentucky Derby, John Velasquez does it with Authentic, tis the law has to settle for second, and then it was Mr. Big News, Honor AP ends up fourth, two minutes, point six one seconds, 
was the final time for authentic. Bob Baffert has done it for the sixth time. On Saturday, September 5th, Hall of Fame trainer Bob Baffert saddled his career, his record, trying sixth winner as authentic. Shut down Tiz the Law in the 146th running of the Kentucky Derby. That's right, authentic. The horse that no one thought could get the distance shut down Tiz the Law, the horse that was running unbelievable all year, going for the Triple Crown, needed this leg to continue. Shuts him down. What I mean, just an un... You know, it's crazy because you didn't really see you had the top three of the four finishers were the top three betting options in authentic honor AP and Tiz the Law, yet... It surprisingly was shocking. Yeah, it really was, especially when, you know, Tizalog gets head and head right at the top of the lane with Authentic and just couldn't go by him. And not only does he not go by him, Authentic pulls away from him. And I think that's just the thing that uh, it's 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 hard to take sometimes uh, when you back a horse, whether you're a fan of the horse or you've bet the horse, and they just kind of get beat. And there's really not a big excuse or any excuse in this case you know, he had the perfect trip. He, he, you know, he set up exactly how we thought he would. Just keep him wide, but but keep him right there close to the lead. Make your move at the top of the stretch, stretch, blow by the, the the pace setter, and then hold off the closers and and be no problem. He did all of that except one. He didn't blow by the pace setter. <laughs> you know, nobody closed on him. Uh, you know, to 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 really threaten, but uh, he just couldn't get by authentic. And and I think. A, a series of events happened that Bob Baffert kind of laid out that gave us this result and kind of fooled us into thinking that this horse couldn't get the distance. The first of which was the Santa Anita Derby. And this is what I went back to last week when he analyzed this race and said, hey, I think Authentic is really talented, but not going long. He got smoked by Honor AP in the Santa Anita Derby. Well, post-race press conference of the Kentucky Derby, Bob Baffert says, I didn't have that horse ready. He wasn't ready to run the Santa Anita Derby. That's why. And it's like, well, I wish I would have known that. Yeah. And so then you couple that with with the with the Haskell, where NY Traffic almost catches uh, Authentic. And it's like, well, obviously, this horse just can't go this long. You know, he almost got caught by NY Traffic. And, and that horse isn't as good as Honor AP even. So he obviously can't go that long. Well, in that race, it turned out, Mike Smith didn't really listen to directions. Bob Baffert said, you got to hit authentic left-handed for him to get a second win. Mike Smith didn't do that. He almost lost. We saw what happened when John Velasquez says, you're right, let's hit him left-handed. Somehow that horse found another gear and just it just held on. So um, it's funny, We before the race, we're like, the great thing is we've got so much more data than we would normally have on derby horses. Well, that data is not any good when it's kind of corrupt, you know. Uh, you know, the data we had was was inaccurate because, you know, evidently Baffert didn't have him ready to run at Santa Anita and Mike Smith didn't listen in the Haskell. So uh, a couple of just weird things that cause us to think he's got no shot to get the distance. And then um, on the wrap with Patrick on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, he interviewed Bob Baffert. And Baffert kind of laid out the Hall of Fame ride of John Velasquez, talking about how he kept him way out in the middle of the track early in the race just to make sure that he didn't engage with another horse and get into a duel. And then they eased him over to the rail once he cleared the other horses. And I really think that was a brilliant move just to make sure he didn't get in a fight with another horse. 
Yes, he went fast, but he was by himself and he was away from everything. Now, obviously, he's still head and head with Tizzle off the top of the stretch. He still has to burst away. That's when the horse has to get the job done for you. You can game plan all you want. That's when it comes down to the horse, and he was able to deliver. But when you look back at it, it was a it was a beautiful job to give that horse a chance by a Hall of Fame trainer and a Hall of Fame rider. Dude, it was you know, and that's the thing about this race is it's hard to it's hard to sit here and be like, you know, well, Tizlaw would have ran a little bit better. Well, he ran, I mean, he regressed slightly from the Travers, yeah. but nothing too dramatic. It was just. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Saratoga Slim put out an amazing article on the RacingDudes.com website. Talk kind of a post-mortem of looking at Authentic and what, kind of deep diving into the numbers of what exact, I mean, yes, he won. But if you if you really look at the numbers, what he did was unbelievable, especially for a horse that, like, we were laying out here, seemingly was a horse that can't get a mile and a quarter. And not only did he get a mile and a quarter, he ran one of the fastest Kentucky Derbies of all time. He, I mean, he, this was like the seventh fastest Kentucky Derby of all time. The fastest since 2001 when Monarchas won in a sub two, uh, two minutes, which, by the way, Secretariat was just underneath that. So, I mean, he, he, we're, we talked, it was funny, before the show... On the live feed, we someone threw around like are we, is Secretariat's time because the, the track was playing ridiculously fast on on Saturday, and of course, if it's going to be broken, it's Tiz Law because Tiz Law had just about broken the record at at Saratoga in the Travers, and yet Authentic almost did. You know, like you know, almost as you, you slightly it was more than a second slower, but still, I mean, the fact that he's in this ballpark is truly unbelievable. I don't think any of us would have would have thought that. Um, what he was able to do, you know, the fractions he set and to stay on and shut down a horse like, you know, it'd be one thing if Tiz Law just didn't show up or had traffic issues or whatever, and he had to shut down, you know, Mr. Big News or whatever, who, you know, who finished third. But the fact that he shut down the horse, Tiz the Law, was truly incredible, really. I mean, it was a, you kept thinking, and we'll talk about the Oaks next, it was very similar down the stretch where you had a horse that you didn't think was going to stay up and a horse that you thought was going to win the race the entire stretch. And it's just like, okay, he's going to get, uh, you know. Because, you know, Manny did his very, at this point, it's it's very coin, very traditional move where he he takes a peek under his arm. And Bob Baffert, it's funny, he even made reference to this. When he saw that, he thought, oh, shit. Because we thought, I maybe mean, all of us did. Well, there's the look. He know, mm-hmm. He's got a ton of horse. He's going to run right by Authentic. And... He just never did. You know, once he got close to Authentic, Authentic put him away. And it was just truly, I mean, say what you want. It was truly one of the great, great performances of the Kentucky Derby that we've seen. Yeah, it absolutely was. And I think it's Slim's article that you mentioned that is just fantastic. I totally agree. You know, he does bring up the fact, was this a legitimate performance? And I I think it's sad that we have to sit here and speculate because of the, you know, the past history of the trainer. But we have to. You know, and it, it, it definitely, it's going to bring up a lot of questions. And there's there's nothing we can do about that. You know, I mean, it's it's it definitely is a possibility. But yeah, it just, uh, and listen, there's not one person in the world that thought Authentic was going to win when Tizzala got up there head to head with him, including Bob Baffert. Yeah, like you said, he said, hey, he's, he's going to pass us, you know. But yeah. uh, uh, both, both uh, race callers, Travis Stone, 
and Larry Commas both, as soon as tis the law, made that move and got and got even with him. They called him the winner, basically. They gave him the huge call. And it's tis the law! They'd forgotten about Authentic. And then halfway down the stretch, I think they were like, you and I and everybody else watching, they were like, well, he's not going away. Yeah. And then it was almost disbelief. It's like with every stride... You thought Tis the Law would pull away, and with every stride, Authentic was pulling away. He didn't just keep him at bay. He put him He put him away. I mean, he, he was stretching out at the wire. So shocking, but you're right. You cannot take anything away, in my opinion, from Tis the Law. He ran a hell of a race. And, no. And, and like I said, that's, when you're a fan of the horse or you've bet a horse and they run a hell of a race and they get beat, that sometimes that is the hardest to take. Because what can you do? You just got to tip your hat to the winner. Well, I'll be honest. It, it was a very frustrating. I left your house that night frustrated because I, and it, it was very it was odd too. Very similar to the Oaks the day prior because yeah. I was all over the race. I was one of the few that actually liked Authentic in this race. As far as you know, hanging on for you know, third, I got him third. Um, Thousand words at fourth, which obviously scratched in the paddock, flipped out. Literally, and uh, <laughs> and had to be scratched, and so I had on repeat. I had tis the law as far as the super goes, and I had authentic. I just ne- one, I would have never got to Mister Big News, um, and two, I just I never would have thought unless I was playing some crazy, you know, exacto where I had I you know boxed those three uh, the three top horses um, to to expect it to you know, authentic to hold on. So it was frustrating in a sense, both days that I felt like I was right there, but yet came home with nothing, you know, because I, you just couldn't quite get there with these horses. You just can't imagine a world that, that, you know, she dares the devil holds off Swiss skydiver or a world that authentic holds off the tis of the law. So it's just kind of one of those weird performances, but I, I mean, okay. So I, I've heard a lot of people talk about this and what do you do with, Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the Preakness coming up and authentic. You know, Bob Baffert has said authentic and thousand words. Kind of give thousand words another try here. Uh, are going to run in the Preakness, uh, and so is 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 this a performance that you look at and you're like, okay, this obviously this horse has been great all year. The only loss he had, he wasn't geared up for. He's great. He's unbeatable. Preakness, he can't be beat. He's a stud. Or is it like this was a freak performance? and it's way too freaky, and I'm going to play against. Well, you have to be very careful not to overreact to one performance. Like, I've seen, you know, I think Authentic's ranked ahead of Tis the Law now in the NTRA poll, poll and I would I would just say pump the brakes and let's see if he can do it again. I think that's the huge thing uh, about it. And the way Baffert trained this horse up to the Derby, he definitely trained his ass off. He trained him hard. He trained him to get ready for this race. So now can he go to the Preakness and do it again? And can he beat a Tizala who, who who I think is just going to run those carbon copy races every time? So at this point, Authentic has given himself, he can control his own destiny, basically. So if he can win the Preakness, sure, he's going to be the three-year-old of the year, which is crazy to think about. But yeah. let's, let's see how he does. Let's see how he comes into the race. Let's see what other pace sets up. Um Listen, the Preakness is going to be fantastic if him and Tis the Law are there, right? It's a rematch from the Derby, and, and there's going to be so much on the line. So, uh, you know, the winner's going to win two out of the three legs of the Triple Crown, and that that means a lot. So 
There's a lot to be settled uh, in Pimlico in a few weeks. Um, yeah, so a question, had there been any strange stuff going on with Authentic and Baffert when that news break? Well, according, you know, from past history, uh, there's no telling. And also, there's no telling if it means anything, you know, because, yeah. I, you know, I, and listen, I don't want to get into thinking, you know, I have no proof whatsoever that there was anything. So I'm not going to sit here and speculate. Mm-hmm. So I, as far as I know, that was just a masterful training job and that, personally is what I'd like to stick with because you know it, it very well he's one of the he's the one of the best if not the best trainer of all time and uh he he, he laid out exactly what he did and it makes sense and I'm just not gonna sit there and speculate that he was up to something so if there was something that broke I mean I don't think we would hear about it for a while no probably this time next year you yeah know? <laughs> yeah um yeah, so. let's talk uh you know I, honestly it, you know as soon as it was over though i was like okay the derby's done check that off like can we move on now because it's yeah. obviously been extremely long come you know for this to get over with here and over with and you talk about the preakness we'll talk about that just briefly here is it's it's funny because it reminds me a little bit and it's in and slim mentions the comparisons to nyquist in his in his article it is. It reminds me a little bit of that year when you had Nyquist and Exaggerator rematch in the Preakness, and here we go again. Might might we see a Tizlaw, uh, an authentic rematch? I don't know what's going to happen with Tizlaw. It seems I would be like just wait and run him in the classic, but it is you know it's like they say it's like how often do you have a horse that's eligible that to to not only run in the Preakness but win the Preakness? So I also don't blame them from that. But then the other thing is you have so many horses going into this race possibly. Or probably uh, for a few of them that had to scratch out of the Derby. Our collector, a, a big time player that would have been a big time player um, in the Derby, going to run in the Preakness. King Guillermo possibly going to run. Uh, Doctor Post, Mister Big News, another horse from the Kentucky Derby. I mean, he at least named thousand words that didn't get a chance to run. Mystic Guide that just won the Jim Dandy. Uh, Pneumatic, uh, your horse, mm-hmm. another horse for you uh, in the fantasy league. Pneumatic for for Asmussen going to run in the in the Preakness. I mean, it's a solid horse. Uh, Happy saver for uh, uh, for Pletcher, the up and coming horse there, probably going to run uh, as well. So it's a nice little race. If you can get Tizalaw and Authentic in that race, on top of the the rest I just named, that, I mean that's that's that lines up with if not the best. Uh, race of the year as far as the uh, preps go or as far as the triple crown trail goes uh it's right there behind the derby oh i think it's behind the derby is inaccurate i think it's better than the derby because i think you're getting a lot of the horses that you thought could compete in the derby and that scratched out they're gonna if they run in the preakness that's true i mean i think it's better i mean who are you missing the most overrated horse ever on our <laughs> ap that's it you know Man. so uh, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't really care if he's there or not. Anyway, he's not a big time horse. I'm so sick of talking about Honor AP yeah, and the excuses. There, there's a if there's a if there's a king of 2020 excuses, it's it's Honor AP. The horse has won yeah. once all year, and every time it's when he loses, it's like ah, well, you know, he ran the furthest, and or he got bumped at the start, or he got cut off. It's like I'm so sick. This horse, <laughs> yeah, it's like he will come up and he'll beat you know he'll beat us one of these races. And you'll think, well, shit, you know, he finally wins one. But I'm sick of waiting. Yeah, I'm sick of him completely. Yeah, I heard on the Magic Mike show, they're, well, well, we'll play him in the Classic. Good luck. I'm so, And if he wins it, my hat's off to you if you bet him and he wins the Classic. But I'm so sick of Honor AP. I think that horse is so freaking overrated. He was such a disappointment. I don't care what happened at the start. I don't care how far he traveled. 
he was a bitter disappointment in that race. Um, but anyway, not to not to harp on him and go crazy, but this is going to be a good Preakness. It's going to be really good. But it, it does just, hinge just, on... Just a second. Hang on. Just a second. Um, wait, what's that? Oh, wait. My dog, Millie, just informed me that she owns some shares of Authentic. So she's a Kentucky Derby winner, everybody. How awesome is that? I'm, I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to get into the My Race Horse stuff. Wow. <laughs> she owned a share of Authentic, so she... She's the derby winner of the family right now. Did My she dog. Get, how much money did she make? What's that? Oh, she said that she has not received anything yet. So she's still waiting. Weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, she had a good experience, though. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She. Uh, they're sending her a picture, they said. so. Right. Oh, that's good. <laughs> great i figured they'd make her pay for the picture (laughs) just pay for shipping oh sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh don't even get me started i had to that was too good but uh no i mean yeah congratulations to the whatever tens of thousands of people that owned like zero 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 point zero 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 one percent uh ownership of the horse and will never get paid for it but you are a derby winner i guess technically yeah. Um, but no, authentic, uh, any last words on the Derby or, and or Preakness? Obviously we'll talk more about the Preakness coming up in the next couple of weeks. And you know, I'll, I'll quote Jack Knowlton. It's on to Pimlico, right? <laughs> it's on to Pimlico. Let's, I, I've got it in my rear view mirror. Hats off to authentic, uh, hats off to, to the two Hall of Famers that got him there. And, uh, let's, let's just go on to Pimlico and move on. Now, listen, now one last thing about this that makes it interesting is not only like you talk about on the Pimlico and, and what's next is the Breeders' Cup. And like we mentioned earlier, it is a classic winning your in race. So now all of a sudden you have horses that may, not only are they wanting, to, it's a Preakness. You want to go to the Preakness. You want to win the Preakness. But you'd also like to get, you know, a winning your in for, for the classic. And so horses like uh, Pneumatic, who's an up-and-comer, or Happy Saver, or, I mean, Authentic's already in, obviously, with this Haskell win. Uh, you know, but our collector... Uh, tis the law even um i mean these horses that uh you know you get it you're you're a free trip to the breeders cup and so yeah it it definitely adds a lot of intrigue so you're i feel like that that in itself is going to bring a lot of you know intrigue and a lot of horses to the race uh as well three-year-olds so uh definitely a ton to look forward to the preakness surprisingly right yeah Um, oh for sure yeah i mean it's right after the race you're like well forget the Preakness, like, who cares? Yeah. Um, and then as soon as you start seeing quotes that Tis the Law, you know, they want to run him there. Uh, if he goes and you have, uh, you know, authentic Bob Baffert made, made no mistake about it. He's running them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, he, he kept him in Kentucky at D's with D Wayne. Yeah. So, uh, he, he's <laughs> what he is assistant trainer or something. I think he's, he called him. Um, but yeah, he, so he's planning on going. So yeah, definitely a lot to come up in the Preakness, but authentic, Shuts down Tizlaw, wins the Kentucky Derby. Three sixteenths to go. Gamine on the inside. Here comes Swiss Skydiver. She dares the devil, running a big one too. Gamine has lost the lead. She dares the devil is in front. Swiss Skydiver runs at her. Gamine is going to be third. She dares the devil. Swiss Skydiver. She dares the devil in a huge upset. Swiss Skydiver was second, Gamine was third, and Speech was fourth. The final time, a new state's record, the fastest Oaks ever, 148.28 seconds. The day prior, Friday, the Kentucky Oaks, she dares the devil, holds off Swiss Skydiver and Gamine, pulling off the 15-1 to upset. 
I mean, it's like it's like it happened twice on the weekend. She dares the devil all year. We're talking about Swiss skydiver Gamine late to the picture. She's you know goes off the favorite. She dares the devil says I don't care. Got hammered by Swiss skydiver early in the year at Oakland Park. Doesn't matter. Shuts off Swiss skydiver wins the Kentucky Oaks. Just I mean, it's unbelievable. Brad Cox. Flow, they do it again in the in the uh, in the Oaks. She, I mean, again, what do you do with this performance? Is it is it unbelievable? Was it a matter of she ran? I mean, we know she ran huge. She completely blew out her her previous high buyer out of the water, and you know, and it's, it's one of those things. You know, you can't really fault. T you know, Swiss guy ever didn't run that bad. Just like Tizalal didn't really run that bad. Didn't regress all that much. You kind of just say. Damn, I mean, uh, She Dares the Devil just ran huge. This one was really more surprising to me than Authentic because I thought Authentic, from a talent perspective, could match up with about right. anybody. She Dares the Devil is a horse I've liked all season long. I Don't know. get me wrong. I mean, we've talked about this horse way back at Oakland when there were still fans at Oakland. We were talking about <laughs> this horse. Um, but... How she was able to jump up like that, I just never could see coming. I thought this horse could hit the board. I thought this horse was very logical to play underneath right. and spice up tries and supers. And, and, and maybe even somehow if if Gamine and he they could she she could like split Gamine and Swiss Skydiver and you know finish second even. But to win and to win the way she did, sitting just off Gamine, like pretty much up there on the pace. And just blow them out. And really, Swiss Skydiver can't make up an inch on, on She Dares the Devil. I was shocked by this performance. But you have to hand it to her. This was a, a just a, a fantastic performance there's, by She Dares the Devil. So so many things about it, too, right? Because yep. it was like, we all, you know, and we all can agree with this, that it, it, no matter if you were against Gamine, or for Gamine, or against her, if you thought it was Swiss Skydiver, or whatever, you knew someone was going to have to go and kind of lay it down with, with with Gamine, right? Someone's going to have to do the dirty work in order to set it up for Swiss Skydiver. She Dares the Devil did it, and and she still held on. Not only she held on, she put she put Swiss Skydiver away. So she she sits with Gamine, puts it right on the hip the whole way, shuts her, you know, goes by her. Then Swiss Skydiver has the whole stretch to make up a length. And not only that, she, she, she pulls away from her. So it was really, truly unbelievable what She Dares the Devil was able to do, especially when you kind of consider what we just so recently saw at Oakland in the fantasy about how she just got blasted, you know, I mean, it was like 15 links blasted. Yep. I mean, she dares the devil. It was very much a horse, just like authentic where you're like, all right, I, I definitely, that's a horse. I'm, you know, again, and I use, she dares the devil. I used to Skydiver, I used Gamine, but I didn't think she could win the race, you know? And that's just kind of, again, another example of like, I was all over it yet. I wasn't. And, uh, it was frustrating for sure to see, I mean, she just ran huge. I mean, how can you imagine a, a, her improving her buyer 20 points? Um, and not just that, but running, you know, able to shut down the two, you know. I mean, two horses that were talking prior to the race, like, well, either one wins or going to the Preakness. Yeah. I mean, you're like, it's automatic. They're going to the Preakness. Oh, okay, so you're, there's two fillies in the race that you're already assuming are going to run against the boys, and yet she shuts both of them down. So um, pretty remarkable what she did. Let me ask you, because, you know, you and I were both – uh on gamine here and and gamine kind of ran a race and, and obviously the the you know the distance was just not you know it's very clear the mile and eight's not her thing but she didn't run awful she it was just so clear that 
she doesn't need to go this far. Um, but do you, where did, like, I'm kind of on the fence about it to be, but like, do you think she should have, like, it's almost like authentic. Authentic used his speed, right? He used his biggest weapon, which is speed. And he went to the front and he went fast and he held on. Gamine, I feel like while she did go sort of fast, she she definitely didn't use her crazy speed that she possesses. And do you think that maybe if she would have used it, if if Johnny V would have been like, all right, we're like they can either try to run us down or not, that she, the outcome could have been any different. Well, according to Bob Baffert, who made a point to bring up Gamine after he had won the Kentucky Derby in his Kentucky Derby press conference. Gamine wasn't quite ready to run. So I would be very careful throwing Gamine out in another mile and a 16th or mile and an eighth race because Baffert kind of alluded to the fact that he didn't do a good enough job getting her, her ready. And that little, that race, I had a lot of time to freshen him and, uh, and it made a big difference. You know, like uh, that's Gamine. I could tell Gamine was, she wasn't as sharp as she usually is yesterday. And, you know, sometimes those races close together, you know, took a little edge off of her. And that was disappointing. But uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you go by gut feeling. But uh, and when you've been here so many times, you know, you, you can't come. You have to come here 100 percent prepared, you know, and that's your horse has to be just right on the money. That's my biggest takeaway is I don't think she ran a very good race, period, whether it would have been seven furlongs, a mile or a mile and an eighth. Just a little word of advice after what? Baffert has said about authentic and then what he said about Gamine, they're very similar. So do not toss that horse automatically if he throws her in another route race. That that is what I'm going to tell you because he flat out said, I didn't get her ready to run. She wasn't training well enough. I didn't do a good enough job with her. Okay. Okay, So then what, so the the top three we'll talk about. Um, so gamine. While we're talking about gamine, so do you think that they're going to stay the route of uh, of distaff? You know, the Breeders' Cup distaff. I would say. Or do you think we're talking about a Serengeti Empress gamine in the spring? I I have a feeling just based on his comments, they're going to try to run her long again. I really do. Um, he was he was. I mean, for Bob Baffert, he just won the Kentucky Derby. Right. And and they didn't ask him about yeah. Gamine. He just brought it up like 15 minutes into the press conference. That's how upset he was that that horse lost. I mean, all week he said, this is my best horse. OK, so, I mean, I kind of think they'll run her long again. Now, maybe I'm wrong and maybe they go to the sprint. And I think, you know, she'll have a good shot there for sure. And the one thing about it, if she goes in the sprint, there are no questions. It's like, OK, she's really good and she's a really good sprinter. So she can win for sure. But I, I'm just saying I wouldn't throw her out. Now, I view Swiss Skydiver the same way I view Tis the Law. Ran a great race, got beat. I mean, did she regress a little? Yeah, but not all that much. So ran a great race. If you picked her and you got beat, that's hard to take because she, you know, she had a great shot and she ran her race and she got beat. And I think at this point, we know exactly what she is. She's just a really super consistent filly who's going to give you her race every single time. And you, you want to talk about the winner? I have no idea what to do with the winner going forward. Not even one little clue. <laughs> because you're going to get her at 2-1. to one, Yeah, probably. 15 to 1 is, is gone. Yeah, and she's, she's ran a bunch of really good, solid races and one crazy, excellent race. What exactly is she going to do next out? I have no idea. 
she is a huge guest. She's a huge problem in any race she enters next because you just don't know about her. Can she do that again? I think Authentic has a better chance to repeat his effort than than this than she dares the devil because she jumped up so much. I know one thing though that whether it be she dares the devil who obviously we have no idea what to do with, and then Swiss Skydiver who showed that she's what she is, and Gamine. I mean, Gamine. I guess still, if you're if, if you still believe him on, if it was more of a matter, she didn't show up. I, I the one thing I do know is that if all three of these horses do point to the distaff, they've got a monster of Monomoy Girl, by the way, and by the way, Midnight yeah. Bizu. Those two. I mean, I don't. It's gonna take something to knock off both of those horses in if, in the distaff. Um, so I, I, I so you, if you're Bob Baffert, you might say, okay, well, I get trying to mount eighth, but. Maybe trying to go against the Serengeti Empress makes a little more sense than trying to beat Monomoy Girl and Midnight Bizu in the distaff. That race, either one of the races are going to be pretty damn tough to beat, right? Like, are pretty damn tough to win. Like, can you imagine Gamine and Serengeti Empress on the lead in the in the di- in the sprint? Holy cow! They better have fire extinguishers around the finish line <laughs> because that track will be on fire with those two yeah. horses. Yeah, good yeah. lord, that will be uh, that will be something for sure. I kind of hope that happens, to be honest. I mean, Swiss Skyver definitely. I mean, she's already won a mountain quarter. Um, she's, I mean, she's she's a, a distaff type of horse for sure. Um, yep. I think there's, there's no mistake about that. Um, I think she is what she is. I, I, I she's gonna be she'd be dangerous in the in the distaff for sure because you you almost say, well, she's not quite good enough. But at the same time, we know she's very talented. Um, and so for whatever reason, if Monomoy and, and Midnight Bizu don't run an A race. I mean, we know Swiss Skydiver will be there. So um, it's one of those, (laughs) it's funny how, how oddly similar the two, two races were. Like we talked about after the Oaks on the live uh, broadcast, we're like, well, you know, let's hope tomorrow we, we tis the law. Like we'll get, you know, we'll have that. And and, then it gets a little different and authentic, like you said, because the talent, we kind of felt like the talent was there already. Um, but it's just funny how both day, both days, both races, you had similar results in the fact that you had the, the key horse for the most part, yep. needing the whole stretch basically to run down the horse and couldn't do it. The horse that no one thought could, could, yep. could win the race. So, yep. uh, the Yokes was a two horse race. The, the Derby was a two horse race and neither, and neither of those four horses, uh, won. So, uh she dares the devil I'm, we're happy to go ahead and just sign off on this one she dares the devil wins the kentucky oaks <laughs> time for rapid fire presented by the racing dudes premium products for years race dudes handicapping products have been helping horse players around the world cash board tickets with a full team of professional handicappers don't miss your chance to cash in big with the dudes subscribe to racing dudes premium and get our upcoming preakness stakes wagering guide for free now available on the products page at RacingDudes.com, just Wednesday, we saw a premium user cash a pick five, costing only $96 for over 8K. That's right. Go to RacingDudes.com, products page, check out more. All right. Kentucky Downs, Woodbine. We're going to talk about these two tracks. Kentucky Downs on Saturday has an incredible card, incredibly great handicapping opportunity as well, where you have payout potential all over the board. It, Kentucky Downs is like this every year. You have a crazy co- turf course that undulates, goes up and down. You know, good horses, horses tur- horses for course. So you got an opportunity to make some money on these days. And this this day is no different. So we'll start with uh, race seven, the Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf Stakes. It's grade three. We're 500K for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up going one mile on the turf. 
Nine to five, Chad Brown, Jose Ortiz, Regal Glory, the six horse. Are you gonna play or try to beat? No, I'm gonna definitely play that horse because I think this horse is coming out of much tougher races and against much tougher competition than what she's gonna see here. So listen, I'm gonna keep it keep it simple here. You know, Chad Brown, this is the first time he sent horses to Kentucky Downs. I know. You know, so I, I think it's you would think that he would dominate here. And I think he sent a pretty good one here. Regal Glory, uh, for me, I, I think you go with the favorite to, to, to kick off the stakes action. Listen, I, I'm definitely playing the favorite, but I'm a, as far as my top pick, uh, I'm going to try to beat. I'm going number eight, Secret Message. She's going to have a favorite of mine in the past. Four to one, morning line. Listen, one of the kind of ongoing themes here, and I and Samich goes with this too, and I totally am with him on this, is you try to find horses that – you know, while this is going a mile, you know, when, when you're talking about the undulations of the track going up the up the hills and down, the, you know, it's you kind of you want horses that can run longer. You know, if the horse has only been running at a mile and nothing longer, gets a little dicey. So, secret message: a horse that is cutting back here um, happens to be very good at this distance. Three starts, two wins, one second. Never been to Kentucky Downs, but Grant Motion sends him in here. Johnny V gets the mount. This horse is just always right there. You know, two back finish. Uh, uh, six, but only beaten three links to Rushing Fall. By the way, Rushing Fall, pretty good. Uh, finished third last time out, only beaten a link uh, at Saratoga. Definitely, this is another horse that I feel like is getting that class relief, so to speak. So, uh, Secret Message, a horse that will be coming late. I like this horse at this distance, and I like the pace setup for Secret Message. So I'm on number eight, Secret Message. Next up, race eight, the Kentucky Downs Ladies Sprint Stakes. It's grade three with 500K for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up, going six and a half furlongs, of course. On the turf, field of 12 lines up for this one, and it's led by a very interesting horse. Two to one, you talk about class. Number eight, Got Stormy for Mark Cassie. Gaffleone getting, getting them out. Listen, Got Stormy, another horse. I mean, you talk about running in tough races and coming here. Got Stormy makes her debut at Kentucky Downs. What do you think? Yeah, and listen, I'm going to play God Stormy, but I kind of think Kamari is going to win this race. I really like what this horse has done in two starts this year. You know, shipped to Oakland on debut, for, on, her, on her 2020 debut, and wins on the dirt. It beats Frank's Raquette, who has just turned into a really nice horse. And then goes to Ascot, and I mean, ran, ran a huge race. Just, just barely lost. Um, I, I like her here. I like her outside draw. I, I think, you know, she's going to get a good trip. I think she's going to just sit outside and make a move uh, down the stretch and, and pounce here. And I just don't trust Got Stormy enough as a favorite. And, and like I said, she's a defensive use for me. I, I definitely am not going to go against Got Stormy. I think you need to go maybe four or five deep in this race, actually. But on top, uh, especially at four to one, I I love Kamari, so I'm gonna give Kamari the the nod. Yeah, I mean we're very similar here in a sense that I I too think you need to play Kamari. I like that horse. I just don't know it was that impre that was impressive, uh, you know, on the dirt. And of course, Ascot was very impressive as well. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks with her, so I think you play her. Um, got Stormy, you know, say what you want. She's returned and ran, even though she hasn't won, uh, she's ran pretty well. I mean, she ran really well in, in the, uh, in the four-star day, getting beat by Halliday. Just, she's, I mean, she's been pretty consistent for the most part. And I just feel like you finally get, um, you get, first of all, you get her cutting back, which is pretty insane. We haven't seen this horse run this, we haven't seen her run this short ever. 
Um, yeah, her debut is at seven and a half furlongs. So, I mean, that this is going to be very interesting to see her running this short. But you got to think that she's going to be able to use her speed, her pace advantage that she has, and her class ability to kind of, you know, she's just naturally going to be very close to the lead. And cutting back, I mean, I really like the fact that, uh, you know, that Cassie is going to send her back here. Uh, you know, I think that... I do think that the fact that you've seen her run well this year and beating and getting beat by a few good horses gives you a little bit of confidence that okay, even though she's two to one, she is going to run well. It's just a matter of, you know, has she lost that kind of knack to win? I mean, again, we haven't seen this horse win in a long time. Um, so I, she's my top pick. I definitely think, she, I mean, you'd have to be a little nutty to play this horse as a single in any case on any on any ticket. So I think you got to play. You, several horses in here um but i'm gonna i haven't picked up god stormy in a while i'm gonna pick god stormy to win i guess i have to change because magic typical in typical magic fashion telling me just a little too late that the kamari is scratching for a race on sunday um so i'll pick god stormy as well <laughs> oh there we go we've got two on yeah. god stormy yeah of course magic knows um that's why he's here for the live feed he's like a he's like the right. producer you know he's got to make sure that he keeps us in line so yeah um god stormy is <laughs> I don't, I don't even remember the last time. We talk about sometimes, like, what was the last time we didn't pick Sister... Both, both picked Sister Charlie. I don't know when the last time we both picked Got Stormy was, but yeah. it's been a minute. Been a while. So, yeah. Got Stormy to win at Kentucky Downs. Next up, race nine, the Kentucky Downs Juvenile Turf Sprint Stakes worth uh, half a million dollars. For two-year-olds, going six and a half furlongs on the turf field of ten. Lines up for this one. Five to two, morning line favorite, Fauci, for Wesley Ward, Gaffleone. To get them out. Oh, sorry, two to one on out of door Wesley Ward, the other uh, Wesley Ward, and then you got five to two on Fauci at five to two. Uh, so Wesley Ward got the outside post there, two top shots, country final or county final at nine to two, six to one on uh, uh, Bodyheimer. Uh, again, I mean, we know how dangerous Wesley Ward is on the turf. Are you playing one of those? Yeah, I think you got to stick with the wards in this race for sure. And, and I had a tough time deciding between the two. You look at number 10, Fauci, you know, once they got him on the turf, he ran a fantastic race, broke his maiden, turns right around and faces Golden Powell, who right now is an easy favorite to win the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. I mean, Golden Powell is really, really good. But he was second to Golden Powell, but he was beaten three. So I, I went with out of door the nine horse uh debuted last time out at saratoga going five and a half and uh just looked really good you know one by two and three quarters just blew out the competition yeah i think he's got uh i think he's got a lot more to give where fauci maybe we kind of know okay this is what he's going to run i think out of door could even improve off of that debut effort i read ortiz wrote him on debut you know, right in here, so I'm going to go with the number nine out of door on top. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I almost that was who I was between. Uh, obviously, the wards, I think you play here, but I also think there's a horse number four county final for Asmussen. Uh, Jose Ortiz gets the mount here, and a, a horse that's very interesting to me because did debut uh, on the turf at Churchill Downs and just rolled, um, you know, and then switched over to the Bachelor Manor on the dirt. Uh, finished second to Casadero, which was huge that day, uh, and then came back and won uh, at Monmouth uh, on the dirt. And so you, now back to uh, back to the turf where this horse debuted and was really impressive. It was a big time purchase for West Point Thoroughbreds. Uh, and like I say, Jose Ortiz, Aspuson. I think there's plenty of upside there for a horse who should improve off of uh, going back to the turf. Frankly, 
and you get them you get the likes you, you attract jose ortiz to ride so i think where a lot of the tension deservingly so is going to be on these horses on the outside I like the number four county finals to uh, spring the upset. All right, let's go to race 10, the Comet Farm Kentucky Turf Cup Stakes Grade 3 with $1 million for three-year-olds and up going one and a half furlongs. Or one and a half miles, I'm sorry, on the turf. Uh, field of 12, I'm, I'm like, I'm hearing the, the game in the back, like the, the pregame. I'm like, I'm losing it. Like, we got to gotta get this done. All right, uh, number 10, Zulu Alpha, 7 to 5 favorite. Obviously, your, your Pegasus winner. Uh, Pegasus Turf winner, just, I mean, just lightly raced this year, but it's looked really, really good. Uh, returns to Kentucky Downs. Do you play, are you, I mean, is this kind of like we talked about these races that are, are tough. I mean, is this the race that, you know, seemingly you've got to, you've got to go short somewhere and is Zulu Alpha possibly single? Yeah, to me, Zulu Alpha is going to have to be the single because of how many horses I want to play all around her, or all around him, I should say. And you know, you know, you're going to get prices in some of these other races. So even if he wins and you single, you're still going to be okay. Your tickets are going to be live to some big money, I think. So Zulu Alpha for me, and you know, the big, the biggest thing is he just stands over the field. He's beat a lot of these horses already, and I think that's a huge key. And you look and you think, okay, well, is 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 Arklo his biggest competition? Yeah, maybe, and he's just hasn't been great this year um so yeah i i went zulu alpha on top uh i i think it's you know anytime he runs it's always close i feel like so i think you're going to be sweating out the single a little bit but in the end i do think he's going to come up with the win yeah you know i tell you what if there if there is a, a distance that he could be vulnerable it's here you know yeah he he has ran this distance and he has won many times at this distance i, I just don't know if it's his perfect distance you know i, I like him mile three eighths mile three sixteenth um mom half is pushing it for sure like you say because he likes to make that run you know and uh you just gotta hope uh hope he gets there but he you know he's got to win uh obviously uh winning uh, uh last year kentucky downs and you know he he's he's classy he clearly is one of the top horses period in training right now and, and it's hard to imagine mike maker Gaffione, this horse coming in at this distance at Kentucky Downs, coming in and, and losing. So um, I, the other thing that came from the factor is, is that I just couldn't, you know, Arklo, do you really do you really think Arklo can get done? Red Knight, it's a horse that I kind of liked, but do I really think he can beat, you know, can beat Zulafa? And this standard deviation, it's like, do you really want to pick standard deviation <laughs> to beat Zulu Alpha. So really it came down to just the fact that yes, he's the classiest horse in the race. He's the most talented horse in the race. And his competition just isn't there for this one. So I think you go single or very, very short if you have to. And uh, I'm with you. Number 10, Zulu Alpha. And finally at Kentucky Downs, race 11, the run happy turf sprint stake to grade three with $700,000 for three-year-olds and up going six furlongs on the turf. And it is a Breeders' Cup winner in event for the turf sprint to the 12 lines up for this one. Boy, this, and you talk about going single in the last race, this is one that you can probably go as, as deep as you possibly can here. Uh, you know, you've got 5-1 to one on front run, the Fed, Totally Boss is 9-2, to 5-1 on Kantaka, 8-1 uh, to one on Imprimis, 12-1 on Archer does, bound for nowhere, draws all the way to the outside at the 12-hole at 5-1. to one. I mean, when you're, when you're sitting here talking about horses at 9-2 and 5-1 to one as your low prices, you know it's going to be a tough race. Uh, to get a winner home. So where are you going, man? Yeah, this is a fantastic race. It's I think it's the race of the weekend as far as just uh, you know a ton of talent. 
you could get a prize. Uh, you know, just exciting to watch, all, all wrapped into one. Sprinting six furlongs, trying to get into the Breeders' Cup, Kentucky Downs, weird track. He's got it all, right? So, um, uh, not to mention full field. So, uh, number nine in premise is who I went with on top. Let's hope we get eight to one. I think that is a really square price on a horse that won the Troy last time out at Saratoga and got disqualified. The horse racing gods were just not on this horse's side uh, that day at Saratoga. That was Travers Day. It was a huge day. I don't know if he deserved to be DQ'd. That was pretty close, especially how they've called, uh, how they called, I guess I should say, Saratoga pretty loosely all year long. And then they DQ'd this horse. So anyway, uh, maybe unfairly DQ'd. I think the horse racing gods jumps back on his side here. And uh, I, listen, this horse has always had a ton of talent. I've always liked to pick him. I think the pace sets up really well. I think from the outside kind of draw, he can just kind of sit off you know, in that mid pack and make a nice move down the stretch. So in premise for me, I'm going to, I'm going to put him on top and, and hope we get that eight to one price. Well, I tell you what, I really like that, uh, that pick. I like that horse a lot. I'm using that horse everywhere. I almost pulled the trigger, uh, on that just because of the eight to one price. I, I mean, I don't know about the, di- the distance is going to be the, the question mark. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, I think the fact that you, while you don't get Jose, you do get his brother, Irad. um, to ride and let's talk about where jose goes right number six kanthaka and that is my top pick chooses to ride this horse who he rode last time out in the jiper getting beat by this super horse alexander that horse is a beast uh i mean just absolutely by neck uh was went off at 16 to 1 odds i mean this horse was coming off you know second you know first start with uh with grand motion previously trained by hollendorfer who by the way was running this horse you know, in, in derby preps, um, and finally kind of got this horse to sprinting and really came back and ran the Jiper and ran huge. Ran a 101 buyer that day. The numbers were there. Very impressive. They've been very, very, very patient with this, and I think that with this horse, and I think the fact that you get uh, Jose Ortiz to make that decision to say, I'm coming back to ride this horse for Grand Motion. Obviously, Grand Motion knows a thing or two um, about training turf stars, and so. I like this horse a lot. I think the fact that this, you know, he he's had some time to recover from that that big race in June at Bel- at Belmont in the Jiper, um, this is a perfect spot. I think you know the horse will have no problem getting the distance and and uh, you know I just you know, five to one I think is pretty square for a horse that is one of the classier horses in the race for sure. So Kentucky back on the turf. I like that pick number six Kentucky. All right, let's go to Woodbine on Saturday, race 10. It's a Queen's Play. It's worth a million dollars for three-year-olds. Uh, Folding Canada, going a mile and a quarter on the all-weather track, and it is the first leg of the Canadian Triple Crown. Field of 14 lines up for this one. Number 12, 2-1, morning line favorite Clayton. Uh, tries to hold off a few fillies in this race. Uh, number 10, Curlin's Voyage at 5-2. And then you got another filly in the race, uh, Mervelix at 10-1. Uh, five to one on Halo again, you know, eight to one on dotted line horses that face Clayton, but really, you know, it's like, to me, it's like Clayton, or are you going to try to beat uh, him with a Philly? I'm going to try to beat Clayton with a Philly. So Clayton had been my woods, uh, my woodbine, my, uh, Queens plate horse for, oh, a few months and then stretched out to a mile and eighth. And I, I'm, I wasn't sure that. I mean, Clayton won that race last time out at Woodbine, but I I just wasn't, like, thrilled with how he looked. So I am going to go with the Philly, number 10, uh, Curlin's Voyage. 
I think this horse going a mile and a quarter is going to be just perfect. And I think she's getting better and better as the distances get longer, which she kind of proved last time out in the Woodbine Oaks. If you go back and watch that replay, that stride just seemed to get longer and longer as they went down the stretch. Um, this is another race where I think the pace is going to set up pretty, or it's going to be pretty fast. And it's going to set up pretty well for, for Curlin's voyage. I think she'll she'll just kind of get drop back mid-pack and, and be able to mow them down late. Uh, a lot of fillies have won this race. You know, uh, th this is not unprecedented at all for a filly to win the Queen's Plate. It happens quite often. I think it's going to happen again on Saturday. I'm going to go with my girl, number 10, Curlin's Voyage. Hey, I'm with you. I, I, I tried to get there with Clayton. I'm, I'm with you. I, I thought that last race was, was good, not great. Uh, Curlin's Voyage in the Woodbine Oaks was awesome. I mean, she was really good. Uh, a daughter of Curlin, obviously. Uh, you know, I don't, I, 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 you and I were talking earlier and I was watching the replays of this horse and watching her in the Woodbine Oaks. She kind of reminds you a little bit of a stellar wind in the sense of she looks like a stellar wind as far as, uh, what you said, the Canadian version. So, uh, that's exactly, you know, stellar wind. She has that very long stride, Curlin's Voyage. So I, I definitely like this horse going a mile and a quarter, like you said. And, you know, I think... You kind of the right, you know. You you look at a horse like say Belichick, um, who's trained by the same trainer, and and, and it, you kind of look at uh, what's the other one, the Mervilus, who the the filly that's trained by the same trainer uh, as Clayton. I think when you look when you really look into it, it's like it's it's Clayton or it's Curlin's Voyage. You know, like that's the two that the, the, the trainers have in this race that that are gonna you know have the best shot to win. Uh, and I just I like. I like Curlin's Voyage late. I didn't see her getting tired whatsoever at the end of that race uh, of the Woodbine Oaks. So I think the Philly does it again. I'm with you. Number 10, Curlin's Voyage. That's <laughs> all the time we have. Check us out at RacingDudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our Hangout Products page. Click the products link at the main menu at RacingDudes.com to learn more. We'll keep an eye out for that Preakness Stakes wager guide pre-sale to kick off pretty soon here. And of course, right around the corner is the Breeders' Cup. So right now is a great time to subscribe. Uh, especially like for a three-month package, and you can get all that uh, included for free, those wagering guides free with any subscription. We're currently covering 30-plus tracks, all offering free picks. We're on Twitter, at RacingDudes, Instagram and Facebook. Let's do this on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, even the website at RacingDudes.com. Remember to go check out the Magic Mike Show. They did the Kentucky Downs uh, late pick four as well on Saturday, so you want to compare picks and, you know, obviously, you know, listen to them, and then you get the real advice when you come over to us and listen to ours. <laughs> Uh, but no, it'd be fun to, you know, get, you know, combine some tickets. That usually, usually does quite well uh, for folks when they combine tickets from the Magic Mike and, of course, Blinkers Off. Uh, all right. I've got a game to watch. I know you all got a game to watch. Those tuning in, hopefully those listening the next day aren't, like, watching this saying, oh, man, Jared's in for it. This is going to be rough. Uh, <laughs> no, but no. They're going to get it done. It's the first start to 16-0. and 0. Um, I'm actually thinking, like, 14-2 is probably more likely record but i i do feel like it's a it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a huge year for the chiefs so i i hear it in the background and here the whole i mean we're like five minutes from kickoff yep. here so i have I, <laughs> uh i've got to go so uh yeah so go chiefs thank you magic let's get this done let's, r let's run it back i'm jared welch he's Aaron halterman good luck this weekend RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs>